if God is really calling me through this, like he's gonna, he's gonna provide and he's gonna show up. And I even told my parents that they're like, okay. I was like, Hey, you know what? If I get this whole thing wrong and I just like was being dumb and God never called me to this mom, dad, I pray that y'all are just there to catch me. You know, just catch me above all. And they were like, okay. And the Lord's been providing ever since. Stay tuned to hear Stephen Mudd share how he trusted God with his career when doors were being blocked every way but one. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and here we discover the true meaning of joy and learn that it's not just a feeling, it's faith. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that we can be filled with the only joy that will complete us simply by abiding in the Father's love and doing His will. This season, we will explore finding joy by walking with God in our everyday lives. Stay with us and hear other stories as they too have walked this path of discovery. Welcome to part three, our final part in the series, Finding Your Purpose in the Workplace with Faith. Today, we have a fitting end with Stephen Mudd, a young man who trained in college to go into broadcast TV, but found God guiding him to ministry at Victory Family Church in Oklahoma instead. Would he follow the way God was leading him? And how did he feel about his dreams of broadcast stardom slipping away? Here's Stephen. Stephen, hi. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We're going to have a great conversation as part of our series, God in the Workplace. And this is part three. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Yvette. How are you? I'm really good. So I always like to have full disclosure when I know people, um, as, as, as I've had a few other times. Uh, I know you in a couple of ways. So mm-hmm. you graduated from the college that I work for uh, with a journalism degree. Mm-hmm. And right now you actually are serving or you work at my church, Victory Family Church. So kind of a double connection there. But you and I were at church the other day and we had this conversation that I thought fits so well into this area that I'm talking about now. And that is sometimes it seems like you are heading in a direction, uh, your your goals and your dreams work-wise, and then something just catches you up, something stops, and it doesn't make sense. This happened for you. So tell us a little bit about uh, when you were going to school, what you were studying for, what your dreams were for that, and how did you end up working at a church? Yeah, um, there's a lot into that. And I get long-winded, so I apologize if I I talk too much and you have more questions. Um, No, so I... I, mean, I fell in love with the College of Journalism when I was in high school, and I got my degree in broadcast journalism, and um, really, really started doing a lot of um, the great things that OU has to offer in Gaylord, um, like OU Nightly, Sooner Sports Pad, Game Day U, 
I mean, all these things. And so um, I started doing those things about my, the end of my sophomore, beginning of my junior year. Um, and so I started doing these things and I really just started to fall in love with being on air and doing the reporting and anchoring and just like writing a script, but also making videos and cutting up and filming B-roll and making a package. And it was like, I mean, this is what I went to school for. Like, this is why I started in journalism. And it was so cool. And I fell in love with, you know, even all the way through to the end with my capstone of like, this is what, what journalism is, right? Like, we don't go to one side and take stuff and we don't go to the left. You know, we don't do all that. We get the truth. It's about the truth. And so it was really like fascinating to me. And I was like, great. And while well, I thought I was, I was decent, I thought I was good at anchoring and reporting and things like that. My professors like Bob Dickey, Barry Orr, Ken Fisher, all those guys were telling me like, Hey, you're really good at this. You know, don't just focus on sports, start doing news, things like that. And I was like, man, if my professors who have spent 30 years or so, um, or I guess 90 combined years in the business are telling me I'm good at it, then maybe I should like really jump into this. So I just kept getting involved and let's see around my, I technically took two senior years, an extra football season, extra time in Gaylord with hundred people and nothing wrong with it. <laughs> um, but I, I, so my first senior year, I was like, okay, I started to feel this call to ministry. I actually talked to pastor Adam about it and was just kind of wondering what that was like. And is it just me because ministry seems cool or was it like a real calling? And so I kind of pushed it away and got more involved in Gaylord, but also kind of did this part-time thing with this youth ministry uh, I was volunteering with at the time. And, uh, and man, I, I just felt like I really started to develop my craft in broadcast journalism to where professors and peers even were like, hey, you're really good at this. Like, you need to get an internship before you try to go full-time. I was like, okay, great. So I started applying for internships. Started off big, you know, shot, shot for the stars, as they say, and started off trying for ESPN. And I got a call back and I was like, okay, this is great. Like, I'm, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And the call back, like after the call back, didn't get a say, didn't, didn't get a third interview. And so that kind of, I was like, okay, no worries. And then just started trying like little stuff. And, and again, I'm not, I don't want to be mean to anybody, but there were some positions that I had applied for just were base level internships that I didn't get that other people who didn't have quite the resume or the, maybe the skill set that I had. Um, and I don't want that to sound boastful, um, but just stacking up resumes. They just, I just didn't feel that theirs was as good as mine. And so I just started like looking around and kind of going, okay, Lord, like why is this door shutting when I love it so much and I'm good at it? People tell me I'm good at it. So now let me, let me stop you there for one second. So you said in your, in that first senior year, you began to feel a call to ministry. Was that the first time? Did you did you have that call before, even younger than that? So, no, no, not necessarily. When I was in high school, though, and this is what's interesting, um, I gave my, I was baptized my junior year, but I started really like kind of wanting to follow the Lord my my senior year of high school. I was baptized my junior year of college, um, and so, but my. All throughout high school, pretty much my senior year, junior year, especially, I wanted to be a public speaker. Mm. And so I was like, I just want to inspire people and encourage people to do well. Um, and as I got older and really starting in the spring of my junior year 
in college, um, a few months after I'd been baptized, it all kind of came together of like, oh, maybe this public speaking thing is turning into like, hey, it's not, it was never public speaking. It was always pastoring, right? Like we just want to, pat. I want, like the Lord was like, hey, I need you to pastor people. And I don't mean like speaking up from a stage, but like this whole, I want to encourage people to do well thing um, was maybe more about like, hey, I just need to shepherd people and pastor people maybe as a connections pastor or whatever long-term looks like. And so I think that's kind of where it started, but I, I wasn't really living for the Lord. So I didn't know it. And then mm. when I started living for the Lord and was baptized, it was like, Oh no, the calling's been there all along. I just haven't seen it. I, or I mistook it for something else. The positively joy podcast is a member of the spark media network and can be heard on the edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. Okay, so kind of in your mind, you're thinking, okay, you have all these skills and how is this going to you know, what are you going to do with them? And what does the Lord want you to do with them? Mm-hmm. But you've fallen in love with broadcast journalism. So mm-hmm. you're trying to get internships. And for some reason, you're getting you're getting your foot in the door, but it is not working out. So at right. what point did you ever feel, you know, like just throwing it all in? Did you get depressed? You know, what was going on in your mind when clearly what you were good at was not working out? Right. That's a great, that's a good question. So, um, it was my second senior year, that first semester, that fall semester I was living. I really felt like I was, um, I was in a place where I was running after the Lord. Like I never knew I could, um, like I'm talking for, for a college student, I was getting up at six o'clock every morning and I lived in a neighborhood in Norman and I would ride my bike to this park in our neighborhood um, as the sun was rising and I would just sit on this park bench and I was just was in the presence of the Lord. And I just was like, Lord, I just, there were times where I'd speak on the bike ride. And then when I got to the bench, I just sit and listen and just would just sit for five, maybe 15, 20 minutes and would ride back, get ready for the day and, and be done. And so it was kind of in that moment where I felt like, okay, something's, something's off, something's different. And then you couple that with that OU Texas that year. I met Dean Blevins. So everybody, if you're from Oklahoma, you know him as sports guy for News 9. And, um, and I met him and we had a mutual friend who was a basketball coach of mine, whatever. And he put me in touch with a guy at News 9. And Dean was like, hey man, I've seen your resume. I've seen your, your reel that you have on YouTube. It's great. You should, get, you should get this internship, if not a couple others that we have. And I was like, great. Never heard from the other guy and never heard back from Dean. And I don't think Dean was lying to me, but I think it was a moment where the Lord was like, Hey, Steven, you aren't listening. Like I'm speaking to you and you, you know, I am, and you know what I'm saying, but you're not listening. You're still trying to do what's fun. And kind of the, I was chasing the fame, right? The goal was to be on ESPN, but you know, in several years. And so I think chasing that, the Lord was like, oh, that's not what I'm calling you to. That's not it. I have something better for you. And I think I just wanted to push back on it. Wow. 
Was there a time when, before you began to realize what was going on, when you, you know, when you were mad at God or, where you, or you know, where you were just saying, Lord, I don't understand this. Because I guess what I'm wondering is, when do we, as, as Christians, as God-seeking people, you know, the, when does it, I can't snap my fingers, but <laughs> I have a bad habit, I can't snap my fingers. But when do we get that snap? Thank you. Where we're like, okay, it's not keeping me from something, it's pushing me towards something that is right. better for me. Like, when did, when does that happen? When did it happen for you? Yeah. So I, I think I, to, was I mad at God? I don't know that I was mad. I think I was confused of like, Lord, I, I don't understand. I went to OU, paid money to get this degree. People tell me I'm good. And, and a lot of people say, if you think you're good at something, other people tell you you're good at something and then something else, you're usually pretty good at it. And that's usually what you should do. And that was all happening. And I was like, what the heck? And so I wasn't mad. I was just confused. Like, why would I go to broadcast journalism? Like, why not just go get a communication degree? No disrespect to those, to those people doing that. Or why not go get a math degree? Or why not just go to seminary school starting off? And so I think that was the confusion, but I think it all kind of came together as I was leading a group of my peers in a small group. And I was having conversations with my mentor, who's still a great friend of mine today. And it kind of started to become with, hey, hey, you know, and, and my mentor and a couple other guys that were older than me spoke into my life. And I started to see it. The way I was leading these campaigners is like, well, I have a gift for this ministry thing too. Like I have a gift for doing ministry and telling people about Jesus and and like working full time. And so I think it all kind of came together when one of my mentors said, Hey, Stephen, what if there's a purpose for you going to journalism that you can't see yet? Mm. And I was like, Okay. And so I did what I did. I got my on my bike and I rode the night, I rode that next morning out to the park. And I just really feel like the Lord was like, Hey you need to know that I'm in control, not you. And I was like, oh, dang, that's really good. And so it just kind of all came together in that moment, that fall of, God, what year was that? It all blends together. I think it was fall of 2016, where it just kind of clicked where it's like, okay, right now it feels like there's no purpose in me doing broadcast journalism, but it could be a deal where the Lord's like, hey, I'm going to have you do ministry for a little bit, and then you're going to know how to do ministry and then maybe it was a deal. And I, I just kind of came to terms with maybe he's going to put me in broadcast journalism 20 years from now, or maybe he's not. Maybe there's people that I've met that I'll minister to years from now or that I'll, you know, and so the possibilities were endless, but I think the, the overall like, Hey, you're not in control. God is. And so you just need to let that happen. When you realize that, because, you know, cause you were, you were confused. You were probably anxious was did the um oh gosh did just to use a an, you know an expression did the mm-hmm. scales fall from your eyes at that point yeah um kind of like a paul uh, like a salt of paul moment for sure i thought it was a moment where it's like and i think and i and and i guess this is important too my parents so i grew up catholic a little bit um and my parents especially my mom just real like doesn't like to spend money and it's like money, 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 money. How are you going to, how are you going to survive? How are you going to support yourself? All that. And I think for me, it was, there was this anxiousness of like, well, if I don't do broadcast journalism, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. Like I could go coach and teach, I guess my dad does that, but that's not what I want to do. And so it became this moment also of, 
hey, if God, I think Pastor Adam said it this past weekend, if God's going to call you to it, he's going to see you through it. And it just was a moment where I had to go, man, I can't worry about my salary or how am I going to afford a house or how am I going to live? Like God's word literally says, hey, if, if, if I, where Jesus says, hey, if I love the birds and the bees and they don't, you know, they don't worry about anything and I provide for them, don't I love you a lot more? So I'm going to provide for you. And that was a verse that I kind of clung to a little bit of just like, okay, if God is really calling me through this, like he's gonna, he's gonna provide and he's gonna show up. And I even told my parents that they're like, okay. And I was like, Hey, you know what? If I get this whole thing wrong and I just like was being dumb and God never called me to this mom, dad, my brother, y'all are just there to catch me, you know, just catch me above all. And they were like, okay. And the Lord's been providing ever since. Beautiful. Now. Okay. So you were a relatively young man. You've been out of college for what, four or five years now or so? Yeah, roughly about, about five yeah. years. But you are in the connections area at mm-hmm. church. So talk to me a little bit about connections. And the one thing that I just immediately went to was, so you have all this experience with broadcast journalism. We have an amazing technology team or video team at the church. So why why connections? And why didn't you fall into, you know, maybe an area that made more sense with your skills? But I suspect mm-hmm. you're going to tell me why. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So it's important to know that fresh out of college, I started working for a youth ministry that I was involved in all throughout um, college. And I took a full-time job with them in Moore. I was dealing with high school kids specifically at Southmore. Um, and I loved it. Just the connections I made there. And then a, a um, almost a year ago. So November of 2021, I felt like the Lord was saying, Hey, well done, good and faithful servant, but I have something different for you. And I was like, okay. And I didn't know what that was. And I just, I told my, my boss, I said, Hey, I think the spring of 2022 is going to be my last semester. And around that, around December, January, BFC had some positions open and I obviously knew pastor Adam and, and Josh, the connections pastor. I knew them from just attending. And I knew Braley who's over the next gen team. And and they, I kind of put my name in the hat and they were like, Hey, you're looking to leave young life, the ministry I work for. And then I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, we got a couple positions. And so it was really between youth or, um, connections. And it was funny because I had, there was no like technology position open or broadcast or production or anything like that. He closed that. He blocked you. God blocked he, that. He said, Hey, that was great in college, but man, I have something so different for you. You're going to, you're going to love people. Wow. And so, but here's, what's really cool. I mean, you know, we do a lot of great videos and and if you haven't seen all our videos, people need to go listen or go watch our videos, Victory Family Church, YouTube. They're fantastic. Our video team, Stephanie and Kara, shout out. They're great. But it's really cool since I've come on staff, I can see a lot of the storytelling that I learned in broadcast journalism to tell stories on videos. In fact, we just did a video for family night. We had a week ago and literally what I was doing, I was interviewing people. That's what I did in college. And so it's like the Lord's using what I did in college for his kingdom. Yeah. And it's like, I think we're seeing what I mentioned earlier of, Oh, I'm still using the gifts he gave me and the gifts I learned in college, but I'm using it for full-time ministry. Mm. So I just didn't, I just never knew, like you asked me that five years ago, I just don't think I ever 
could have dreamed of being like, yeah, I'm going to use my talents for, of journalism that I learned in journalism for, for God's kingdom, um, you know, doing that. And so I just think it's kind of interesting. We're seeing the fruits of it and what God had spoken to me five, six years ago. Well, I have to tell you that um, he spoke those to you five, six years ago. I am a lot older than you, and <laughs> I am, and I've really just been beginning to use my gifts since about 2019. So sometimes it even takes longer for some of us to to figure that out. Uh, but it's That's amazing true. that he put you in that role. Um, and mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what Connections does. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, so Connections is. Um, Basically, there's the connections department, and then under the connections umbrella, there is small groups, pastoral care, but then also like regular just connections. So it's me and a girl named Molly. She's fantastic. So I'm I oversee three of our teams. I oversee our uh, parking team, our check-in team, or no, sorry, our greeter team, and our setup and teardown team. And then Molly oversees our welcome team check-in team and get to know team. And all of those teams kind of have this host team feel. Um, if you think about it, check-in. When you first walk in to put, check your kids in, you're seeing the check-in people. Yeah. When you walk in and you're new, the welcome team is there to greet you. Um, or to or if you're new and you walk in, the welcome team is there to kind of show you around and tell you all about our church. The greeter team is at the door saying, hey, flashing you a smile, telling you you look great, all those things. Parking team, they're the ones that helping you park your car, picking you up in a golf cart, waving you down in the parking lot. So all of those teams are kind of intertwined in this connections department. And then we also deal with first-time guests. So if everybody's new, a lot of times Molly or I will reach out to them. Let's say they fill out a connect card, and then we're reaching out to them throughout the week, just saying, hey, we're so glad you're with us. How can we serve you? How can we get you connected? Not just to like a staff person, but how can we get you connected to other people in the church? That may be through a small group. Let's say um, a single mom comes in and it's going, okay, great. There's a small group over here. Let me connect you with that. Is that something you're interested in? They're like, yes. Sometimes they want to serve and that's where they go to the get to know class. And then if they want to serve on the next steps desk, we may connect them with Yvette because you um, serve the next steps desk all the time. And so it's just, we try to do things like that. And we try to make Sundays fun for people. Cause we believe if you, it's kind of like that water cooler effect that CEOs and stuff talk about, if you can bump shoulders with people in the lobby, you're more likely to connect. So that's why we do, um, you know, we'll have random food trucks and that kind of goes with Sunday lunch and stuff, but we'll do like a random ice cream truck and that we'll put that on, or we'll do putt-putt for Father's Day and we'll have different volunteers and because we just want people to interact with each other, not just walk in, hear a sermon and walk out. Church mm-hmm. is much more than that. Um, it's a family, it's a community. And so we we really believe in that and we try to spread that on. And what's really cool is since Molly's gotten here a couple months ago, she started going into the into the auditorium. Because a lot of times if you're new, you just walk in, walk into the auditorium, sit down. So she started going in, shaking hands, meeting people. And so for me, it's it, it's made me go, oh, I should do it too. And we've just caught a lot of first-time guests and uh, she's a great and our boss, Josh, is great. He leads us well. And we're even doing things like getting a new train that we just got. I mean, you've seen it. It's incredible. And The train is awesome. Like I have not ridden on the train yet, but it is awesome. <laughs> you, you've got to. The train, 
is next level. I mean, it's got lights, cameras, radio. I mean, it's got it all. So it's next level. Now, let me let me just say, and I actually I do want to point out. So I was in church on Sunday and I know you're not over the ushers, but I noticed ushers shaking people's hand. I hadn't seen that before. Mm-hmm. They were coming in. They were, especially people who were maybe coming late and they were trying to, you know, get them seated. But I saw people coming through when it was, mm-hmm. when service was just starting and they were shaking hands and bumping fists and stuff in a way that mm-hmm. I hadn't seen before. So you're right. I mean, I want people to know that the church we go to is just not a big party all the time. Although sometimes it is, the, but the message is strong. Trust me. I've had Pastor Adam on the show before. Um, but it's, but yes, it's more than going into a dark room and listening and, and, and certainly worshiping, but then coming out and not having any connection with anybody. Um, because Pastor Adam always says that, you know, the 20 or 30 minutes you hear me speak, if that's the only time you consider church, then that's a problem. It needs to be obviously bigger than that. Small groups, the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, that's connections and I'm still blown away that, um, by the fact that when God directed you here, I mean, he, he directed you here. He didn't make sure. a way in any other department, because again, it would have made sense to me, at least that your, your skill set would have supported you to be on the video team, but no, that's not where he wanted for you mm-hmm. uh, or the place he wanted for you. So, yeah. okay. So, um, let's say there's someone listening and I'm going to say maybe maybe it's a mom. It's po- possibly college students could be listening, but probably I have more mm-hmm. moms listening. And you know they know that they know that maybe their their kids are frustrated or going through something, and maybe not understanding why things are working out. They're a little bit you know just kind of at a loss. You know what would you tell them? You know if you could either speak to the the young people themselves or tell the moms to try to, you know, impart to, to the, to their children, as far as what seems like a roadblock. And we know the expression window closes, door opens. I mean, we've heard that, but uh, you know, sometimes it's an expression and sometimes people are really not going to think about that. How would you get that across to someone based on what you experienced? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think every situation is is different um to a certain degree um i think for me it was a matter of both doors are open or it felt like okay both doors are there right i'm good at journalism i'm good at ministry mm-hmm. people tell me that it's not just me believing it like if i were to go hey i'm really good at soccer well there's a ton tons of people that go no you're not so it's like okay i'm not good at soccer <laughs> so there's these two things i'm really good at and i think as, as, as believers, followers of Christ, we have to, we have to be able to say, Lord, I want you to go before me. There's some, there's some saint, I can't remember his name, like from Ireland, literally like 1500s. He would, he would often pray this prayer of Lord, go before me, go beside me, go behind me, be above me, be below me. And it's like, in the prayer was, he was surrounded by the Lord. Mm. And it's like, I think that's what we have to have when we're when we're maybe at a crossroads of like, do I do this or do I do that? And it's going, Hey Lord, which one do you want me to do? And I think if we have that posture of humility and of saying, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want it. Um, I think it's, that's a great starting point. And for me, it was the Lord saying, Hey, 
like shutting these doors, right? If doors are just shutting and it's kind of like a random, like, okay, that door shouldn't be shut. Like that's weird. Um, then it's probably not a coincidence. Like, I don't know. We just don't serve a God of coincidences. And so he's probably speaking to you. And so I think if, if one door is wide open, like ministry was just opening up, like I was loving it. Job, job openings were there. People wanted me on their, on their staff. And so that was an interesting moment. And I, and I often, often reference Jonah in the whale. Um, he literally didn't want to go to Nineveh. And he was like, I'm not going. And literally took off the other way. He swallowed by a whale because the boat he was on was like cursed. And they were like, who is it? And they found out it was him, threw him overboard. Swallowed him in the whale, whale spit him out. He went to Nineveh and led people to the Lord. And so I think it's a lot of times the Lord will do that. But I think there's also situations where, for example, when I was choosing, okay, connections are you, which one? And I just like, I really didn't feel like there was an option. And the Lord, I feel like the Lord was going, Hey, you know what? Pick just pick one. Like it doesn't matter. I think there's times mm. where the Lord can also go, Hey, these two options aren't gonna affect the outcome that I have for you five years from now. And so I just knew I was supposed to be a VFC. And so I had done the youth for four years. And I was like, I want to do connections. Like, I think that's fun. Maybe work with a little bit older people, college students, younger adults, older adults, uh, what have you. And so I think there's that too of like, the Lord may just be like, hey, just what you're doing is where you're going to be is a lot more important than what I'm going to have you do for the next season of life. And I think we forget that sometimes we're so focused on doing that this season that my wife and I just entered um, was more about where we are. Because VFC has a great culture. We're led by wonderful pastors. The community is incredible. And I, we, Dory and I, from the second we got on staff, haven't felt this loved in a job than ever before. And so it's really cool to see that. And so I think there's also that side of, okay, God's going to close the door. You got to be hum- humble, walk in a posture of, Lord, if you're not in it, I don't want it. Where are you guiding me? But be prepared for him to go, amen just just pick like just pick because you're going to be in a spot where i want you and so but be but be observant to doors closing too and don't just think that they're closing because you're not trying hard enough like if you've tried at least three four five times and doors are shutting maybe it's time you look at the other thing or look somewhere else and don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to look somewhere else trust that the lord's going to provide for you Mm. so a couple things there so i love lord if you're not in it i don't want it and of course the things that we're talking about here for you, we're talking ministry because that's where you are. But mm-hmm. for other people, it could be, you know, things are being blocked at work and there's something else, you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. ministry, but, yeah. uh, you know, but the the prayer, Lord, go before me, behind me and the whole thing, surrounding ourselves mm-hmm. with the Lord. And as we're talking about in this season of the show, be open to his promptings like all day, everywhere mm-hmm. um, that will mm-hmm. that will get you an answer. Mm-hmm. That will get you an answer that Absolutely. might be, you know, eluding you at the present. So, yeah. yeah. But you've got to be open. You got to listen. You got you got to ride your bike to that park bench that you were sitting sure. on and Come listen. On. Come on. And I think that's <laughs> the hardest thing about about prayer is and I and I even struggle with this recently. Um and it took a sermon from Pastor Adam to make me go, Oh, you big dummy, what have you been doing? That's prayer one oh one, you know. It's and so but this issue of, oh, I have to come to the Lord and I have to present my prayers and I have to be so neat and I have to just pray really, really hard and say a bunch of words. And I think we forget the scripture that says, 
don't pray like the Gentiles do, where it's very verbose and you just say a bunch of things. If you don't know what to say, just any, and Jesus tells the disciples, pray the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven, go in a room, shut the door. But I think we also need to listen. Like, I think it's, it's very hard with the cell phones and the social media and the technology buzzing every five seconds. It's very hard for us to sit still and just listen. Mm. And I think we have to do that if we really want to hear the, if we really want to hear the promptings of the Lord, um, because, and I don't, I can't, I can't remember old, it's old Testament. I think it's Elijah or Elisha that he says it to, but basically like the fire happens and the rain and all this stuff happens. And then God comes in a gentle whisper, right? Like God's like, a lot of times God doesn't come by like this big sign billboard that says, Hey, Stephen, don't do journalism. You know, he comes in a gentle whisper when we're all alone at six o'clock in the morning with just in the, just in the presence of the Lord. And I think we forget that. Some of the best times I've heard the Lord speak are at that part or when I was living in that house um, in my walk-in closet on my hands and knees, just listening. And mm. so I think we have to, we have to have to listen to the Lord because if we keep talking, like how are we ever going to expect to hear him? It's just like you and me, if I were to always talk on this podcast, you would be like, Hey, shut up. I'm trying to ask you a question, you know? So I think we have to listen to the Lord. Love it. So I am going to, and you will help me find the prayer because I'd love to put that in the show notes. And, yeah. uh, and here's a shout out and a shameless plug. So I've got a small group right now where we, we are mm-hmm. reading uh, Mark Batterson's Whisper, his book Whisper, which is, about, which is about that. And shameless plug, I have a devotion called Whispering in His Ear, which is really more about more about listening than, than talking. Um, yeah. yeah. So yes, I, I, I agree with you and I believe that that is so important. Um, it is, it is hard. Um, you know, our minds are just filled. Uh, I've been trying to go to sleep and wake up with the app Lectio 365, which, uh, Pastor TJ loves. He's talked mm-hmm. about that before. Um, mm-hmm. because if I can go to bed with prayer and with meditation, Otherwise, you know, in my head, what, you know, what I got to do for tomorrow, what what happened from today, all of this, it's hard to quiet your brain and spend that time listening. And so that's something that I think the world that we live in right now, um, you know, potentially first world problems, um, keep us, keep us from being in his presence. And so... Mm. Uh, and sometimes we do have to make that extra effort getting up early like you did, literally leaving your home and going to the park. I mean, you were you were in it. You were all in there. I was. <laughs> you did that, yeah. <laughs> For sure. And now I've even found, my wife and I just bought a house uh, kind of by campus in which... For those listening that don't know, camp by by campus is beautiful. I mean, the trees, everything. And so we, I just started going on walks now. Mm. Um, I don't. I'm not quite the bike rider I used to be. Uh-huh. But I love going on walks. And I think there's something about the God being in God's creation with nature and, and just walking in, but also having a posture of, hey, I'm going on a walk to hear the voice of the Lord. So God, whenever you want to speak, I'm listening. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Um yeah. uh well, one one thing, and, and I think you mentioned it already. I like to ask my guests what scripture they're standing on in this season. Um, and it might be be still and no, you just mentioned that. Um, but is there a scripture that you're that you've been kind of or a book that you've been reading? Yeah, so um 
Martin Batterson is really good. So if anybody yeah. wants a Martin Batterson, but, but, but I recommend pick that one up. Yeah, um, he is. But I think a verse that my wife and I actually have hung in our house that is always a constant reminder. And in this season too, it's been a, we got to look at it every day. Is Psalm 121.8. And it says, I'm with you and you're coming and going. Mm. And so it's a verse that the Lord spoke to me and my wife separately when we were engaged. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but okay. The Lord is with our coming and going. Okay, great. Um, and then literally about a month or so later, COVID happened. So I was like, okay, the Lord is with our coming and going. Here we are. He's, he's with us. He's with us. He's provided. Here we go. And recently when we moved in, we had some house problems. Um, this new house plumbing was bad. Had to spend money to fix it. Our master shower was busted. So we had to replace the whole master shower. And it's like, you almost feel like the house is burning down because it's crazy expensive. And you're like, I work at a church. She works for customer service and a software company. Like we don't make a lot of money. And so it was just looking at that verse and going, the Lord's with us and our coming and going. And it's that moment of like, oh, okay, that's, that's the verse. Like, and I think it's even back, even back then, it, that wasn't the verse when I was deciding between journalism and ministry, but I think even stuff like that, like, and the Lord is with, if you are being obedient to him, the Lord is with you're coming and going now and forever. And so it's just always, it doesn't matter what's going on. And so, and even in like February, that was a verse two, my wife ex- experienced a miscarriage. And so it was just this deal where, okay, like that is so hard, but the Lord is with us and are coming and going now and forever. And so it's that stuff, that verse has really been on our hearts. And then a book, C.S. Lewis is always great. I'm currently going through screw tape letters, which is mm-hmm. so like, I don't know, C.S. Lewis, man, he's just wicked smart, but um, screw tape letters, if you don't know much about it, it's written from the point or from the perspective of the devil and his kind of minion. Um, and so it's weird because when C.S. Lewis is writing and he talks about the enemy, he's actually talking about God. Because mm-hmm. it's it's basically Satan talking or writing a letter to his apprentice about how this apprentice is trying to convert this Christian away from Christianity and to so that way the Christ, this guy can spend eternity in hell. And it's really good because C.S. Lewis writes some of the stuff and you're like, wait, I have been tempted like that before. That is that was from the enemy. Oh my gosh. And you're just like, you're baffled by it because it's very true. And so, and so screw tape letters or anything from C.S. Lewis is great too. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, continue to do the good work that you're doing. Um, I, I see you interacting and connecting with people every Sunday. So good job. Good job. Thank you. Um, but thanks for being on, on the show. And I think it's a really good kind of way to round out the series that we've been having, God at Work, mm-hmm. because of your experience and exactly how you finally understood that this is my direction. He wants me to go here and this is why. So, mm. so yeah, so thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Beth. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Please leave us a review and a ranking wherever you are listening. Special thanks to music composer Morel Sanders and to editor Susan Marie. For more podcasts, go to thejam.online to listen to Journalists Advancing Ministry about journalists who have left media for the ministry. 
and go to Amazon.com to read Whispering in His Ear, my book of devotions that include life lessons, prayers, and journal writing, along with multimedia songs and spoken word. For Positively Joy t-shirts and other merch, go to PositivelyJoy.com and click shop. Shop.